Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Big Blue Report. I'm Randy Zellier from Back Sports Page. This guy over here is a two time Super Bowl champion, defensive captain, Jonica Casillas. It's his show. We're just happy to be here. And Ryan Darlington as well from BackSportsPage.com. Hey, uh, guys, the bye week blues are here. Giants are six and two going into their bye week. And uh, before we jump into it, I need uh, some counseling on something. I need opinions on something. I spoke to you guys about it separately, but we have to address it on the show. So I picked Seattle last week. I said 24-20, Seattle. And we were getting into our usual trend where I picked the other team and the Giants win. We had people over the house, and and I wore fan gear, and I was wearing Giants gear. Is this loss my fault? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You mushed it. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you did what you were supposed to do. You picked the Giants to lose, right? You picked the Seahawks. But then you wore the Giants jersey. So we don't know. We don't know if the mojo's still there or not. And I think what you might have to do, JC, back me up on this if you think this is the right thing to do. When we play the Texans, this is going to hurt. You have to go to the Texans. We're going to see. Well, We're going to control. My question is to Randy is, have you been wearing Giants gear on game day? Have, that's what no. you've been doing? No. That's what I'm saying. Oh, come on, yeah. man. We had company over. I had uh-huh. it be, you know, I was being the host. Everyone's I mean, wearing but you Giants. got Giant stuff throughout your house, right? You know, right? You got a couple of giant stuff throughout your house, right? Yeah, but it's like it's sort of like put away. You know what I mean? It's like it's you can't find it on game day. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where like you have to dig for it a little bit because it's yeah. like you know. So well, like is- I'm not a big superstitious person. Like like I, I throughout my career, like it wasn't nothing of like oh I'll, I'll do this because you know I have to do this or this is a sign. Like I'm I'm not really like that. But there was something that I did before every game. And as it, you know, went time went on, it ended up being something that I had to do. And and that, I guess that was my little bit of superstitiousness when it comes to like that type of stuff. But I had to do 50 push-ups before every game. And it had to be one clip. It was a 50 push-up clip. And the reason why I started it is when I was in high school, I wanted to get do some push-ups so I can look a little bit more pump before the game started, you know what I'm saying? But as time went on, it, it wasn't about the pump. Like I didn't really, definitely didn't care when I was in the league, but like, it was something that I had to do. And then after I did my 50 clip, I'm like ready to go. You know what I'm saying? So all that being said, like, do you have things that you do on a daily basis, right? For game day, for game day, right? And, and you wasn't doing them or you were doing them up until this point, because the Giants haven't lost, right? It's been a while since the Giants lost. So it's like, what did you do differently, right? You do, you you bet for the other team, check, right? You wore Giants gear. You haven't done that all week. So it's like, okay, that's the thing that, come on. You know what I mean? Like, why did you do that, you know? Well, right I around. am like that. I am like 100%. Like, if I'm not wearing the hat, I'm not watching the game. Like, it's it's got to be a thing. Listen, you've seen me. I haven't... It's like anybody that doesn't know me doesn't know that I don't wear the hat on occasion. Like you think that I'm just wearing the hat all the time because that's what I do. But listen, it matters. <laughs> so next week, this is going to hurt. Next week, you got to not wear the jersey and you got to pick the Texans. And that's going to be rough. And, and by the way, I want to let you know that my idiotic superstitions um, have gone all the way back to my early 20s when I was uh, an intern with the Nets. 
and they went to the NBA finals against the Spurs. We started a thing where I was handing out their credentials. And before the game started, I would have a pretzel. Mm. The one game I, I, I had game one in round one. I didn't have it game two. They lost game two, had it in game five. They won. So me and the other guy ended up having a pretzel all the way through the NBA finals before mm-hmm. each game. The what the two games we did not have pretzels. They lost at home. Yep. So I think this is something that we can put out to the fans as well. So back sports page nation. I think you want to write in with your superstition. Tell I, us what you do. I like that. Yeah, I think I, like I, that. I think listen and not for nothing. I think everybody's got superstitions and, and JC, like you mentioned about the pushups, like you've been on the field. So you obviously, you know, it's about uh, preparation and you you're in that world of being on the field. Ryan and I went like, even before my media days, but like we've lived through the superstition stuff. Like when the giants made the super bowl against the Patriots the second time around, I watched all the playoff games, including the qualifying game against Dallas back in 2011, 2012 super bowl time there. I watched it at my father-in-law's house and I sat in the same seat yep. every single week. Yep. I, I went to the bathroom at the same point during, like, I'm telling you, <laughs> the superstitions were crazy. Yeah. Listen, you, know, you can't you can't mess with the mojo, man. No, you cannot can't. mess with the juice. I'm truly interested in seeing the fans' opinions, mm-hmm. like the guys that are listening in. You know, yeah. I want to see what they have to say about their superstitions because I know that's like a mild thing that you're doing, that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I know people go a lot harder than that. And I want to, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to see what they got to say. Yes. But look, I remember um, when I was in high school and uh, you guys know I ran track. I was a three-sport athlete. And um, uh, all throughout my senior season, I never lost an, a 100-meter dash or 200-meter dash until I got to counties, right? Mm-hmm. So needless to say, counties was against malcolm jenkins malcolm Mm. jenkins and brian mccombs who brian mccombs i think was a sophomore at the time Mm -hmm. but he was he ended up being one of the better runners in the state like history when he was a senior but me and malcolm got him when he was young and uh i had earlier that day i had i had won the 100 meter dash and now we're going to 200 malcolm didn't run the the 100 i think he punked out because he knew i was gonna beat him i don't know I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about it the night before because I actually went to Piscataway's prom. Ooh. So I went to Malcolm Jenkins prom with the with the lady that I a girl that, you know, that I had known um, for a while, actually, at that point. And so I was talking a lot of smack. Me and Andre <laughs> Dixon, we were two players from New Brunswick. And if if you guys don't know geographically where New Brunswick, New Jersey and Piscataway, New Jersey is. It's literally Rutgers University literally is in New Brunswick and Piscataway. Piscataway. That's Mm -hmm. that's what you need to know. Right. So we were like neighbors and we played against each other, only scrimmages. And they were like the number one team in the county. We were probably number two because they had three state championships in uh, two state championships in three years, I think. And we had one state championship in three years and only two losses. So we were definitely like one and two Mm -hmm. neck and neck. And now this is the end of our senior season after football season, after basketball. This is literally we're about to go on the Ohio State for him and then Wisconsin for me. And I ended up losing to Malcolm Jenkins in the 200. Right. And I swear I didn't even realize this, but every race I used to have these gold fangs like literally I used to like little gold, like little fake little diamond encrusted fangs that I used to wear for all the races. 
And this kid, I think he was from Plainfield. He came up to me after I lost. I didn't even realize this. He was like, you know how you lost, bro? You know how you lost? Because you ain't wearing your fangs today. That's why you lost. And I was like, word? And I was like, I was like, word? I ain't even think of that. Come to find out, I lost them. So oh. I, I've never lost until, you know, I got to county. But I mean, the competition is harder, of course. Mm. You know, but that was my first loss in 100 or 200. And then the following week, I ended up losing 100 because I slipped out the blocks. And the guy that beat me for group, he didn't even make state. He didn't even make state. He didn't even make uh, the last race where I ended up eventually, you know, losing to the overall winner, um, which is Michael Ray Garvin. Y'all remember that name, Michael Ray Garvin? I remember, yeah. He, he won, he went to, was it Don Bosco? And he mm -hmm. went on to run at Florida State. But with all that being said, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm never really a superstitious person, but I remember that was the first time I was like, was that the mm. reason why? Because of my fangs? Like, the first time I didn't wear them, I lose. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. It makes you think, right? It, it does. Just, like, it, does. It, it makes you really think. And, like, man, I remember when I used to play basketball, we had a we had a traditional thing we used to do in the locker room, and the games that we never did it, we ended up losing. I just – and that was the first time I really, really, really believed in that stuff was when, when I was in high school. We, we were you, doing those you know things. What, you know what it is, too? Like – it, it's it's the reason it's really the reason why you didn't do that not really that you didn't do it it's the mm. reason why you didn't do it right because if you got a normal routine and you prepare and you sleep and you do all the things you need to do to do your normal routine like you're probably going to do your normal routine you're going to do exactly what you always do and yep, always yep. done now if you're running a little late mm -hmm. something happens all of a you're sudden, your you're a little bit flustered, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not, your preparation's a little bit off. And this goes for whatever superstitions, whatever type of, you know, thing you have to do to get, you know, to you have to do things to get done to do something, whatever that is, right? Once mm -hmm. one, one of those things does, doesn't happen or there's a break in your schedule, it's not really that you missed it. It's because things are something out of Something else happens. Something yeah. is out of whack. You're late, like you're rushing. Yeah. Something is wrong, you know, with your normal scheduled programming. And that's what kind of throws you off. That's kind of like my science thought behind that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, yeah. and I, I actually, I absolutely think that's right. And, and quite frankly, I think that's why, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, but from my understanding, NFL coaches spend a lot of time and a lot of energy making sure that the practice schedules, the uh, the day-to-day -day, the week to week is strictly regimented yep. so that everybody is in that routine. Is that, is that what you encountered? Yeah, of course. And you know, what's so funny too, like what you said, you know, we're all like, when, when you play in the NFL, you, your life is structured. It's yeah. structured, of course, around ball. It's structured around game day, right? Mm -hmm. That's every single week is structured around game day, right? And it depends when game day is, it depends on how you practice and when you practice. And that all in terms incorporates the whole entire day of a of a NFL player or team, whatever you have, right? And when it, when it gets shifted, which it always does, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's part of the game. Like that's part of the game playing on a Monday night, right? Playing on a Thursday night. You know, playing in London with that long trip. Like you have that kind of schedule. So when you know change is coming, it's more like accepted almost. But that's why mm -hmm. everybody always say, you know, it's a short week, you know, yeah. or it's like, you know, they're traveling, like because it throws your normal schedule off. Yep. Right. Even though like it's kind of like 
prepared for and slotted. But when it, you don't prepare for it, or if it's normal, and then your schedule is off, and then something's yeah. off, that yeah, means something is wrong, right? Yeah. Something is wrong here. Well, well I'd even heard going in. Go, I'm sorry, Randy, I keep cutting you off today. But uh, I, I even heard that uh, when they were going to London, he kept them on East Coast time as much as he possibly could. Right. So right. there wasn't going to be that kind of weird hour change and circadian rhythms being. But it's always going to be weird because that. that's yeah. weird. That's yeah. weird. That's yeah. trying to keep them on the same schedule. <laughs> like the yeah, sun's yeah. setting right now, bro. It's well, not it's, 6 p.m. Yeah, it's 3 a.m. in the morning. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. We're going out and practice right now. <laughs> you know uh, we like, still won. We still yeah, won. We still really care. <laughs> that's um, fine. And it's funny. And this is a good transition. You talk about the structure of the schedule. And now you're in a bye week. Can you talk about being at a bye week? What, how does that change the mindset, change the – you know, do, do players keep a similar schedule as far as workouts are concerned mm-hmm. during bye week since it's an in-season break? Can you just sort of break that down? Yeah, well, it all depends, right? I think the main thing, like if you're an NFL player and you have a bye week, the main thing is like, is it really a bye week for me personally or do I have to be here and go to treatment? Because if you got to go to treatment, you don't really get a real bye week, you know, because like you, you're better off staying there, getting two treatments a day, you know what I'm saying? And so you can get back as fast as possible. That's best for everybody that's involved. Usually that's what happens. Maybe they give you a couple of days off. But if we're talking about like five to seven day break, which never happens in the NFL season, unless it is a bye week, unless it's a bye week. And I'm not talking about the NFL bye week. I'm talking about in season bye week, right? You have uh, um, a time to, to get away from ball and that's what you should do. That should be your number one priority is to just get away from football. Don't think about football for at least one day. You know what I mean? Like you can do a workout or something, but just literally let your mind relax because it's, it's it's a stressful season. Just coming off a, a pretty tough loss, you know, went up to the West Coast, got their butts whipped a little bit, you know, got whooped on a little bit. And you feel that for at least 48 hours naturally with nothing to look forward to, right? You have it's so far away your next game. So you, you kind of sit on it for a little bit longer, but then what you need to do, you get yourself away from football, you know, go around your family. You got kids, hang out with your kids, take your kids to school. You know what I mean? Like do something to make you feel almost like a normal human being again, go grocery <laughs> shopping, go to the movies. You know what I'm saying? Like re like, kind of like re like incorporate yourself in the world just for a little bit, just to literally get away from football. Right. And then, when you turn the switch back on and it could be for 40, 24 to 48 hours, 36 hours, however long it is, but you do it for at least one day. Then when you come back, you're like, all right, I got to get back to work. You know, you revitalize your energy's back up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, all right, what we got to do now, you know, instead of just kind of like you could be mulling over this loss for a while, you know, it's, it, that's the thing about losing. When you go into the buy, you don't have nothing to really look forward to because there's nothing this week. So you're mulling over this thing. And this happened to me. You know, this has happened to me. If you win, everything's excited. You know, now everybody got <laughs> questions about the Giants. There wasn't no questions in the game before that. So now they got to hear this for like 10, 11 days, 12 days. You know what I mean? Straight. So get away from ball and then come back, revitalize and get back, get get ready to go back to work. And I have to ask, too, uh, after going into the bye week, the team breaks and then the trade deadline is on Tuesday. A lot of people probably a little nervous whether or not they were going to be coming back to New York if they were going somewhere else. And the Giants decided to stand pat, um, you know, which to me, 
no moves speaks volumes because we had been saying on, especially since we started doing this podcast, this is an evaluation season. This is, you know, winning is a happy accident. Six and two is a happy accident for this yes. team. You know, you're, you're looking at what Daniel Jones is. You're trying to figure out whether Saquon is still your, your running back. You're evaluating some of these younger players on whether you want them part of the future. 2022 is not the priority 2023, 2024, 2025 is what, you know, Dable and Joe Sean are, are focusing on. So not making a move, even though they're in desperate need of a wide receiver right now, sort of speaks volumes. And this past week on Tuesday, Joe Sean met with the media, met with the beat writers. And a lot of questions came is what's the status of Daniel and Saquon's extension. Why didn't you make a move for a wide receivers? If you're hurting for wide receivers so much, why did you, move Kadarius Tony. All those questions were asked and and Joe Sean really didn't sort of give that stamp of approval of Daniel and Saquon are our, our guys. These are the guys we want to make sure we keep them here. We're going to do everything we can to make sure we keep them here. JC, you know, you're you've been around the building and you've been watching just as much as we have. Both guys have really showed uh that they not only can they still go but they could be key contributors, but are these two guys, guys that you can break the bank on and make these the faces of your franchise? I would say yes, if the weapons around them were, were existent, you know, but since that's non-existent, you know, and I'm talking about the receiver room and really like the, the overall core of the offense that includes offensive linemen, right? You have a, a really young, uh, talented left tackle in Andrew Thomas, and then the rest of the line are like, okay, you know, those guys are doing their job and they're doing what they're supposed to, but there's no like stu other stellar studs and even at the tight end position, right? And of course, we we got a great running back. Daniel Jones is, he's Daniel Jones. You know, he's put himself in his own category of quarterback. And I don't think that's a bad thing because it used to be he's in the quarterback of turn the ball over like Jameis Winston. I think he's kind of gra graduated out of that category yeah. and now he's in his own little Daniel Jones category. Right. <laughs> but it, 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 I think it was already shown from Joe Shane and the, this coaching staff that they're not committed to Daniel Jones because they didn't, you know, get his fifth year option in Saquon. And I think Saquon had a lot more to do with his, his status, his injury status. But when it comes down to signing someone and literally signing your franchise over to a player or two, that injuries has a lot to do with it. And at the quarterback position, decision-making and, and not turning the ball over, those things have a lot to do with it. But with all being said, every single one of those questions have been at least answered right now as of today. It's like, can he make better decisions in, in Daniel Jones? Yes, he can. Can he not turn the ball over? Yes, he can. Mm. Can he win games? Yeah. Yes, he yes, can. He can. Yeah. Saquon, is he back? Is he explosive? Is yes, he the he guy is. we thought he was when we drafted him? Can he get back to that? And that's a yes. That yeah. Those all are yeses. So they're doing a good job, those two guys specifically, in making a case for themselves to be franchise players, right? Mm -hmm. Whether However we feel about Daniel Jones, he's making the case for it. But it is, it's not even actually halfway yet. We're actually one game before it's halfway or a half a game because it's 17 games now. So we're almost at the halfway point, but we're at the halfway point. And then the schedule gets really thick very soon. Their futures will be determined in that, in that area of the schedule. By, the, by, the, by, by week 18, when that 17th game was being played, that's what we're going to figure out exactly. We're going to have a better notation of what these guys are going to be, be get done. Mm -hmm. 
You know, what's going to happen with these guys, right? If Saquon is hurt at the end of the season, that's going to be huge. If Daniel Jones ends up having 15 turnovers by the end of the year, this is going to be huge, right? So it's like, yeah, what happened in the beginning of the season? But we all know that the season is a very long season, right? And it feels like, man, like it goes fast, but it's long, right? It's it's a real long season, but it goes extremely fast. And sooner or later, we're going to have this same conversation again. And we're going to have a lot more, like, better opinions about what we think is going to happen to these two guys. You know, th that said, I think I'd be surprised if we didn't have some sort of movement in the next week or two. One of the things that Joe Shane did say was, look, we don't want contracts to be a distraction for our guys after the bye week. We don't want to be in season trying to make all these decisions. So you've got a guy focusing on his contract instead of what's going on on the field. So there are other guys on, on the, the Giants who they might want to lock up between now and let's say Monday, right? I think that was the day that Shane had mentioned because he wants them when they get back, he wants them focused on ball. Yep. Um, so I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of movement between now and Monday. But the other thing that strikes me is that, you know, we, we go off of what they say to the media, but what, what has struck me about Shane and, and Dable specifically is that they're masters of not tipping their hand. They're right. really, really good at not giving any information that's going to give anybody a, a, some hint of what they are thinking about. So, I mean, they they could already have a deal in the works for all we know. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Uh, so, and I guess that's what, that kind of makes it exciting in a way. You know, you're sort, of, you're sort of there with bated breath. You know they have a plan. You know they're executing on that plan. You know they're going to continue doing what they've been doing because it's been working. Um, so, what is it? What do they do? I mean, they signed this kid Hodgins off of the, 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 the off of waivers from the bills. He's what, six, four, two, ten. Uh, you know, so it's not like they've not done anything, but I'd but, be well, very curious yeah, to like, see what when you, happens. When you said they didn't do anything, I mean, they, that's a huge move could move in Canarius, yeah. Tony. They yeah. actually popped off uh, the free agency with, with that move. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Like they did that pretty early on, not pretty early on, but they did that, you know, where, before the rush got crazy, they made yes. that move, and that was a big move, moving the first-round pick of not too long ago out of, you know, to the West Coast over there to, to Mahomey, who's going <laughs> to – I think he's going to light it up. Darius Tony going to be everything yeah. we thought he could be. Yeah. He's going to be that out there. <laughs> Well, he's, you know, he's not in our he's not in our division he's not our problem <laughs> we don't gotta worry about him <laughs> well you know jc though it's funny it's funny too ryan made a very interesting point and dable and uh joe shane they have a plan and they're they want to stick to it and they're you know and that's something that's very very important there's no panic button like i said six and two is a happy is a happy uh coincidence in in their in their plan now you look at the rest of the schedule you know you we come back from the bye we have we're home for home for Houston and then home for Detroit. And then on Thanksgiving, you're on national television against the Dallas Cowboys. All focus is going to be on the Giants. Then they come home for Washington. Then they're home for Philadelphia. And that's going to be that's going to be. The, Listen, the, the the in the in division games are the toughest ones we're going to have. I mean, maybe besides the commanders. I mean, you, the times the games against the Cowboys and the games against the Eagles are, are the ones that really kind of frighten me a little bit. And how we go into those games is is kind of going to be determined by how we go into and come out of the games against the Texans and the Lions. Right. I mean, you, you roll in off a off a loss. Right. They're reeling. Yeah. So part of the test of this team is how are they going to, we've seen how they react to winning. 
that we haven't really seen how they react to losing, right? Especially once they've lost and then had a week to think about it. How is this team going to come back and react to that loss? Are they going to play with the same intensity? Can we show that we can beat the Texans? Can we show that we can beat the Lions, who, despite a bad record, are a pretty decent team? Um, you know, how that I think going into those games is going to determine the momentum that we go into that game with Dallas with. And really that that game I see as sort of a pivotal point in our season. And and um, the guy, the, the Giants have to show a good, good job at making adjustments. You know, I don't think they've been stopped in anything that they wanted to do throughout this season besides last week. Because even Dallas, Dallas just sacked the quarterback and just kind of crushed the whole pocket and never allowed anything to get going. But this past week against uh, Seattle, Seattle took away what they were really doing and capitalizing on the last four to five weeks when they was on this win streak. And that's the boot game, right? They took that completely away from the Giants and the Giants really didn't have an answer for that so it's like okay the next team that's the first thing that they're gonna do is like okay we know we got to stop the run specifically Saquon but also the boot game the boot naked keep game from Daniel Jones and now if you eliminate that what is the Giants they have to answer that question they have to figure that out because okay they 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 trick some teams they the sleight of hand was working but now that you take that away, you got to line up and, and you, know, you know, fight these and beat these teams now. You know, and okay. now, it, you know, it's like, all right, how do you guys adjust off of that? And that's where the whole thing comes with receivers. You can't really hide that you don't have receivers that long. You know, yeah. you can't really hide that because eventually somebody's going to stop what you're good at, which is probably running the ball if you're not a good throwing team. And that's exactly what the Giants were good at. And you have a team that can stop you and slow you down a little bit and get you off your first and second down rhythm, and you have to throw on third down, they don't even have to be a good third down team or opportunistic team with a lot of interceptions. If you're not good on third down, you're not going to be able to handle it. And the Giants have to be able to get man manageable first and second downs and then be good on third downs. And that usually means they have to be efficient in the passing game. Yep. That's what that yeah. really means. And if the Giants can't be efficient in the passing game with doing drop back and not bootlegs where Daniel Jones is basically going to have a free rusher on him because he's bootlegging, right? You got to sit back in the pocket and pass the ball. The question is, to who? Yeah, that is the question. It's not can he make the throws. It's who's he going to get? Who's going right. to get open for Because I yeah. think Daniel Jones, he showed that he's capable yeah. of doing different things to help the Giants win games. And not only that, but I will say, when you look at that wide receiving core, Darius Slayton and Wendell Robinson does not scare me. I hate, like, you just, I'm no, sorry. You're right. Darius Slayton, as he's, is a good, I don't want to say a good little player, but he's, he is not a guy who you're going to say, I'm going to shape my we gotta defense. double him every time. Yeah. Yeah. We have, yeah. we have to make sure he doesn't get the ball. I can hear you guys. My charge, my, my bet, my computer's going to die. Just get my charger. Park up. Okay. I can hear you guys. Keep going. Yeah, you know, it's just it's one of those things too. Wondell Robinson has to stay on the field because of his health as well, and yep. you're and you're hoping to have Kenny Galladay back in the next week or two anyway. So yeah, we'll we'll see where that is. And so, like I said, if Kenny Galladay can give you something, if he can give you any type of threat down the field, because he's mm -hmm. supposed to be the guy who can go up. He's supposed to be your Plaxico. He's supposed to be your Hakeem Nix. He's supposed to be. The guy who your Odell, the guy just to go out and get it. That's what Kenny Galladay was bought here to do. And he has not been able to 
he hasn't scored a touchdown in a season and a half. Mm-hmm. He has not scored a touchdown as a member of the Giants. Mm-hmm. So that right there is a waste of $72 million up until now, <laughs> in my point. You know, you want to see what a wasting $72 million like that? Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And I'm, yeah. not, and, I'm, and I'm not being mean towards it. I'm not trying to be um, down on the situation, but so far, the the, the numbers and his it's play. Pro- but Randy, it's a production business. You know, yeah. it's a it's a production yeah. business. You know, you 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 know you, you get a guy for that much value and it's like all right he has to produce he has to you know do something on offense not even like is he falling short like he's not doing anything, anything. like literally yeah. he's not doing anything cuz he's not available and then and then i like to throw these two abilities out right everybody say the best ability is being available available the availability right i i second that with the second one is accountability right mm. when you you're you have a job to do, right? When you get signed for that much money at that receiver position, you're supposed to have some type of yardage, catches, touchdowns, yards per catch. Like these are all things that's like required. And as a receiver, you have those, you know, you owe that to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, so I know he knows he's falling short. You know, he's he's not a, you know, every everybody in the NFL has some type of smarts to them. You know what I mean? You don't have complete idiots. He understands that he's fallen short, you know, or not done anything. So it's like I, I never wanted to look outside of what the Giants can 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 have on their roster and do because that's like reaching for stuff. It's like we have the guys on the roster before Kadarius Tony was let go. They had the guys, all of the pieces on the roster on paper that would be like, this is a strong receiving core, right? You start the year with Sterling who is a number two, a solid number two receiver for a ve- like a pretty long time in the league. First round draft pick in Kadarius Tony, second round dra- draft pick in Wondell Robinson, a young proven Slayton deep threat receiver, right? And then Galladay, who was a, like those are, that's five guys at the beginning of the season, right? Literally none of them have produced this year, right? The numbers yeah. say it, right? Bellinger was like the leading receiver. Yeah. And he didn't even have a lot of receiving yards. No, no. You know, and it's yeah. 38. It was 38 last, last week. You know, like the ago. leading receiver at, for the, for the season was like 76 yards. Mm-hmm. I think that was Slayton's game that he had. Right. Well, I think that was it. Yeah. And, and it's funny too. Like I, you know, I, I hate thinking back to this game and we were discussing it the other night when we saw each other, but that game against the chargers, when the giants lost Odell, Dwayne Harris, Brandon Marshall, and Shep. And there was and, and you. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. I got um, too. Um, you know, you look at that. You look at that. I remember they were lining up, you know, Red Ellison on the line. They had Evan Ingram on the line. You were lining up your tight your your tight ends. You know, you might have to start getting creative. Maybe, maybe put Brita out there in the slot. You know, what I mean, you, you might have to start doing those types of things. Because Daniel right now should not be rushing for over a hundred yards every single game. Right. No. That that, that is not an option. Fortunately, no. one thing that Kafka has shown is that he has the ability to be creative with his play call. Yeah. He has the ability to move people around and kind of put put defenses on their heels, utilizing some of that chaos that's worked for us in the past. And you know, absolutely, it's possible to kind of get wise to some of the trickery that we've got going on. But I got to believe that there is a few packages that he's got in his back pocket that nobody's seen yet, right? And so if you keep pulling out some of those, you've got players that you can fill in 
Breida's one of them, right? Sills is one of them. He's been kind of quiet recently. I don't know that I want to throw the ball to Richie James at this point, but at the end of the day, you know, you've got mm. some guys in there that you can put in to make plays. But to your point, JC, it feels like we're scraping. It feels like you're, you know, you're reaching a little bit at that point. And I would love to get to the point where, look, we, we don't have to reach. We know what we've got in this guy and this guy and this guy, and they're going to do what they're going to do. Defenses are going to know what they're going to do, and they're still not going to be able to stop them. Right. I agree. And you know what's funny too? Because I know everybody's talking about Odell coming back to New York, right? Uh, I heard I'm that, for yeah. one that's like, <laughs> oh, okay, Odell's not coming <laughs> back, right? But I just want to kind of get these guys kind of amped up again and yeah. give them a little more hope that Odell might come. Because look, Odell, you don't have to trade for Odell. He's a free agent. And we got rid of Kadarius Tony, guys. So Odell could still possibly come to New York. I'm just trying to get people riled up on the outside and have them get excited <laughs> for no reason because he's not coming here. Like, uh, <laughs> so it's almost like the you know dumb and dumber. So, so you say that so there's, there's a, a chance. chance. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's funny too because they brought that up to uh, management this week. They said Odell came by the facility. Yeah. What are the chances? And they said, well, they'll talk with him when he's uh, fully healed. When he's healthy. Yeah. So he you know. kept on saying, I'll get healthy players here. Like, uh, we'll do healthy players. Like, yeah. if Odell's not healthy, what are we even talking we about? Even that's basically yeah. what he was saying. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's, that's, that's like sitting there saying, hey, would you like to come in and do nothing for $12 million a year? Right. Sign me up. I, I'll, <laughs> right? I, I will play receiver for $12 million. <laughs> I will quit my day job. I won't play receiver. <laughs> Come and, and, sit and on then the go bench. and don't play receiver for uh, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. Can even I, give me a uniform if you want. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, this there's a great scene. I, again, I'm aging myself now. Maybe, uh, maybe you guys remember the show Happy Days. Mm. And, and I the, know it, but I don't. I don't know. I don't ever used to watch it. Well, there, there was there was a scene where um, one of the guy, one of the main characters, Ralph Mouth, was on the basketball team, but he never played. So all of a sudden, the coach goes, "Mouth, you're in." He takes his warm-ups up and he has his jeans and his regular shirt on. He goes, I just ne <laughs> I, I never play. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I could be that guy. I could be that guy. Give me four million dollars. I will be that guy for you. Um, so <laughs> with that, with that being said, you know, we're wrapping up the first pretty much the first half of the season. Um, well, let's go around real quick. JC, start with you. I'll, I'll go last on this one. Can you give me one or two players on the Giants? that maybe was your standout player that stood out to you um, that sort of overachieved and or, and or had their coming out party for the Giants uh, first half of the season? Well, like I said earlier, I think Andrew Thomas is having a great year. He's having a phenomenal year. And uh, when you talk about the woes, the woes of the offensive line for the Giants, you're not talking about him. He's having a, he's having a solid year before Bellinger was my guy. You know, I love a, a just a physical tough tight end you know I, I love that but now he got his face broken so that that's not okay um but oh you got to go defense to Dexter Lawrence why that, why would I even go elsewhere Dexter Lawrence man he's having a a tremendous season you know he's developing as a a premier uh run stopper and then actually a pretty good pass rusher yeah. in the yeah. interior and uh, he's developing as a leader, you know, and they call him Big Sexy. He got his little happy little twerking yeah. sack dance. But look, sexy Dexy, baby. That Love means it. he's, look, he's feeling himself. You know, he's, he's, he's comfortable in his own skin, you know, and that's when you really get the most out of a player, when they're comfortable, they're feeling themselves, and they get things going. And com combine him with the other guys, you know, Leonard William being the OG and 
all the other guys on the on the defensive line. Look, the, the Giants will always be led by the defensive line. And I think Dexter Lawrence is one of the standout players amongst the group. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I've, I've kind of got two, and I'm sorry if you only wanted one, but I'm going to give you two. I think one guy that – and you've heard me say his name a couple of times here. I've really been impressed with Matt Breida. I've really been impressed by his ability to, to, to run with the ball, to catch the ball, to pick up run blitzes, to pick up – to do everything that we need him to do. It seems like he does it, and he does it well. He's ready to go at a moment's notice. He's ready to do whatever job you've got for him to do. And I've just really loved the way he plays, watching him play as a utility player. I think this is a great opportunity for him to continue making a name for himself when it's time to give Saquon a blow. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry if he's going to be able to hang on to the ball. If he's I'm going to knock on wood as I say that. You don't have to worry if he's going to be, you know, do what he's supposed to do just because he seems like he's always in the right place at the right time. The other guy on the on the defensive side of the ball, I've really enjoyed watching Adoree Jackson come into his own. Um, you know, watching him cover the the top receivers of the league, and and do a pretty good job of it. Right, the guy's like sticky tape, right? And he's knocking, batting down passes left, right, and center. Um, it's just it's he's in the right place at the right time, and he makes plays. He makes plays when it matters. So I just I love watching the kid play, and I can't wait to see him even improve in this league. Uh, and my two uh, from the offensive side, uh, guys who just sort of don't get the credit, guys like Joe Feliciano, mm. um, working with guys like Andrew Thomas, since Feliciano has been a, a veteran in this league, being able to work with him and Evan Neal, uh, you know, filling in where, where he can and doing what he can. Uh, he's like sort of the one, the, the unsung heroes of that offensive line right now, just sort of, Try to help out where he is. He has he been great all season long? Absolutely not. But sometimes when you're a veteran in this league and and understanding what the system that Dable's trying to to produce out there, having a guy who's already been through it and working with the, the two young guys on that line is key. And and from the defensive side, uh, O'Shane Ziminis has really really stepped up this year. Got buried under Joe Judge's regime. Didn't see the field half the time, and he is now a critical part of that defensive scheme. And he was not out there in Seattle. So he was, he was not with the team. He was, he was recovered from injury. They, they allowed him not to travel across country. Uh, I think he has been one of the unsung heroes of that defense this year and uh, really stepped up. So that those are, those are my two picks. And if I had to throw an honorable mention pick out there, the leadership in that secondary, even though he's still a young kid, Xavier McKinney has really, really yeah. done a great job with that, with that uh, secondary out there. The X factor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and guys, you know, what's very interesting too. Um, <clears throat> we're going to switch over. We're going to switch over to this. Uh, we, we were all together last night out in Mount Olive. Um, I can't say enough great things and, and the feedback that has come. JC came out to um, the Mount Olive's football program and, and spoke with the kids and showed an amazing amount of patience. <laughs> Seriously, signing on with you and me. Never mind the kids. Yeah. First off, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that, like, we. Okay. Sorry. Off topic here. I I got to go here. Last week was I felt was going to be the norm as JC was sitting here doing this show with a bottle of wine. Yeah. Uh, on the side, I I I thought that was going to be more of a consistent thing because it takes a lot to de not only deal with me but to deal with both me and Ryan. This man deserves <laughs> this man deserves an award already. I'll get we're here for podcast of the year, and I can picture JC's acceptance. 
speeches. Do you know how difficult this is every single week? Dealing with that maniac out these, in Mount Olive. These two assholes every week. <laughs> My God. I, you, you think playing in the NFL is hard. Try dealing with these guys. Come on. What the hell? I do uh, have more tolerance for kids, as you saw yesterday. Yes. I do have more tolerance. Adults, on the other hand, yeah. all right, give me a little bottle of wine. You know, let me take my medicine before calm down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little, a little, little happy medicine there. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say, I have never, you know, I think for a lot of the adults that were present last night, I think got a lesson in in in, in humility and 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 took a lesson from JC last night because. Not only were you patient with all the children, you did not turn away any questions where they were, you know, silly questions of any sorts. You were you and you showed so much patience in signing every kid's autograph. And, you know, you did you did you did so much like like no joke. And then after you got done with one field, you went over to the other field and met with the other team who didn't have the opportunity to come down. I, I cannot tell you the, the amount of feedback, positive feedback. Uh, and and praise that you have gotten over the last 24 hours. And, you know, I, I, I was talking with my wife after you left yesterday. I said, you know, if we ever had to pick somebody for our kids to be a role model, uh, to, to watch as a role model, it's you. And now oh, I'm, I'm, you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm not going to show them the video of you drinking the wine and, 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 and <laughs> And sitting There's, there calling some us of that's going to stay close to the vest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few of those, we're not going to show some. That's that's on the director's cut of the show, ladies that's right, and gentlemen. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but but I I you know uh, and if you if you guys want, you can go on to uh, you know I'm going to post some pictures from last night on Instagram. There's some already out there for some of, for some other people, and we have the and we also have the video which uh, Andrew's going to fix up, and we'll put it out there also of of JC talking, but the amount of positive energy that was felt and the kids, you know, the kids are, are buying into it. Not that you have to buy into it, but the, you know, you're, you, it was beyond football. Let's put it that way. It was beyond football. And um, we'll put it out there. We'll, we'll put the audio out there. And, and the only thing that we can say is humbly, thank you. Yeah. And not, and not only, not only for last night, but also giving Ryan and I the opportunity to sit here every single week and just ramble on about giants football and, you know, and talk and talk about like literally Ryan and I are just like looking forward to it every single week because you're, you're just a a class act and you, you. you, and you have, you have an, you have so much equity that what you say has so is, is so relevant because of your equity of what you've accomplished in this league. I appreciate that, man. But I, I thank you for the opportunity. You know, these are, Two things that I really enjoy doing. Number one is talking ball, watching ball. Like I'm doing my favorite things. I'm watching the game, which I have to watch because <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Giants play the Texans next week. Yeah, yeah. Right. Philly. So this is I'm actually working right now right. while I'm having fun talking, you know, to some guys about football, some mm-hmm. guys that I know and, and care about. And, you know, we got relationships, you know, away from this. You know what I mean? And, and we can share that. And, and then being around football with the young kids, you know, seeing them going out there and, tackling and their pads hanging off their butts because they're little kids like you know like that's that for me like I love the smell of it you know I love to be around mm. it and you know mm-hmm. for, for me if I could provide hope and help the parents out in any type of way because I'm a parent and I know I'll be tired I'll be telling my daughter stuff and it's like she don't even listen to me and it's like 
who else do you know that did what I did that can actually tell you about sports and all of the things that you're going to face? And she's like, whatever, dad. Yeah. So I get the whole when parents say it and I get the whole when a two time Super Bowl champion says it, it could resonate a little bit more. So that's why when I do speak to the kids and you were talking about it earlier, alluding to that, it's more than football. Right. I told yeah. the kids to help out at home, help their mom at home do the dishes, take out the garbage, like ask your mom, can they do anything? Can I do right. something for How you? Do you help? need help with anything? Mm -hmm. You know, ask your mom. And the kids are like, what? Like, what? <laughs> like, bro, give it a try. Give it a try. Yeah. You do that. And some, I tell these kids, I pull them to the side. I mean, I'm like, yo, let me tell you something. You start doing stuff like that. You get your mom off your back, bro. Like you get your dad <laughs> off your back. You know, you feel like your mom always on you. Then how about this? Why don't you come home? She come home to a clean room one day. She keep yelling at you about a dirty room. Why don't you clean it up? And then when she get home, she look at your room like, yeah, Ma, you want me to do anything else? You probably bought yourself about a week of no no yelling or, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. no, no scolding, you know? But, like, sure. the kids don't have the foresight to do that. They don't. So that's why I bring a message, and I hope yeah. that that message can get, you know, re over and over again, just kind of recapitulated to them over and over and over again. So I am going to make a return to Mount Olive and see the kids down there for sure. It may not be this year. It may be early next year, maybe next season, but I'll definitely come back and check them out and play some catch like I did with, with some of the kids and, you know, rub some elbows with some of the parents because I'm a I'm a soccer mom too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're all soccer yep. moms when we got yep. kids in sports. You know what I mean? Right. I, right. I was I was trying to figure out at what point who was having more fun, the kids or you, the way you were throwing the football. With them. I saw you uh, running running goes. Yeah, yeah man. You're, you're sitting there like, you know this route? All right, you know what? You go in this way. You And boom. usually I would go out there and run a little bit, and all the kids mm -hmm. wanted to see me run. They're like, come on, let's run, let's race. And usually I'd be like, all right, I'll race you. I'll, I'll, I'm going to smoke you, but I'm going to race you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm recovering from the knee, from the uh, Achilles. Yeah, the Achilles. So it, it hurt me that I couldn't really get after it like that on the field. You know what I mean? Probably better for them, though, right? Better no, for their no. ego. You go I'd definitely embarrass them. I definitely don't smack. hold back. <laughs> well, I, there's two things What's I want to add. What's up little Johnny? Right. <laughs> I, I was, there's two things I'll add to that. The first one is I don't have an Achilles problem, but that's usually the excuse that I give uh, why I'm not going to do it. So, uh, And the other thing, too, is I had uh, – back when I was coaching high school ball, Brian Scalabrini, who used to play for the Nets, yeah. uh, came down and he worked with the kids. And he scrimmaged with the kids. He actually scrimmaged with them. And one of the kids on the team started trying talking trash to him. And I'm still like, I'm like, you really want to talk trash to a, an NBA player? Really? Yeah. Brian took the ball, went right down. Keep in mind, Brian didn't get in the games that was much when he was with the Nets when he was uh, earlier in a career. Brian took the kid right to the hole and dunked right on him. And Brian started trash talking right back. And I looked at Brian. I said, do you realize you just talked trash to a 17 year old and just dunked on him? He's like, yeah, but he started with me. So I had to finish. That's right. And listen, <laughs> it'd be different if he was seven. If this right. kid's 17, he ought to know better. Yeah, you almost right? a grown man. Bro. That's right. Get some of this grown work, too. I just I just literally have a mental picture of a seven-year-old talking trash on the court to an NBA player. I, I, I just I would really would like to see that. I think we have to make that happen somehow. You suck, old man. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah. The problem is when you say that to Michael Jordan at one of his camps, right. Michael's going to come. All right, let's play. Oh, okay. um, go. Michael's competitive. He'll find a way to take the kids college tuition away from him. Uh, <laughs> so that's just the way it is. Um, guys, we don't have any picks this week um, to, to do. We are, we're off for a week. We, we'll do the Texans pick next week. Um, so I, I guess we should, uh, you know, we'll, we'll crash a little early this week, but I will say again, one more time. Uh, it was really cool for the three of us all to be at one place at one time. It certainly won't be the last time, but I will ask, um, JC, you said you're working right now. You're watching the Texans game. Is there any games on the schedule this week that sort of pop out to you that you would think that you'd want to, you know, uh, keep who's it, keep on the gambit this week off the top of my head. Let me look, let me look. I was going to say, I'm up too. Yeah, let's 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 yeah. make a pick for this week. Uh, <laughs> we'll pick we'll we'll pick one game. Okay, so let's I got see, the schedule go. up here. I'll go first on this one because I think I already found my game. Um, both teams don't have great records, but I have a feeling it will probably be a very exciting football game. It is Las Vegas and Jacksonville? I just think there'll be points put on the board on that one. You know, I think the Vegas is Vegas is hurting for a win, but I'm having fun watching Jacksonville play. With Trevor Lawrence and, and that young team learning how to learning how to win, learning how to play games. Yes, they're they're they only have two wins under their belt, but they've been fun to watch. That game against the Giants they had a couple weeks ago was a fun game to watch. And Trevor Lawrence is certainly keeping it very interesting for them. And the real question going into their season was going to be whether he's gonna be able to take that next step as a quarterback. And he's doing pretty well. I think I think he's had a really good sophomore season so far. Okay, I'm looking at the schedule too, and the game that probably sticks out to me most, like I did the, I do like a betting show. We did a couple of games. I just didn't know the whole gambit of uh, games this weekend, but Minnesota at Washington, that's going to be a huge game, especially in the NFC when you talk about the playoff race, and then NF, and of course where the Giants are going to be at in the NFC East, and uh, Minnesota is definitely a playoff team, and the Commanders are. They're a little bit rolling right now, you know, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing what happens with that game for sure. Yeah. And then you got Tennessee and Kansas City, too, for the Sunday yeah. night game, which is like, all right, let's see what Kansas City does to Tennessee or if Tennessee right. could actually make it competitive uh, and go up to Kansas City and get a win. And that'll be huge because Tennessee, man, you know, they, they're not a sexy team and sexy name. But didn't they uh, – weren't they number one in the AFC last year, the number one seed? Number one, and they, and they just lost Tennessee. And they just lost Tannehill. Going into the playoffs, right? You know, so it's like, and they lost Tannehill. So it's like, let's see uh, Malik Willis. Let's see if he can, you know, go in Kansas City and do something. Let's see what the type of team they look like. Because if they can go up there and keep up with Kansas City or even go up there and get a win, now that's a team that you got to pay attention to because, like I said, last year they were number, number one seed in the AFC. Of course, they didn't make it out the AFC, but they've been kind of in the running every single year and making a playoff push every year. So that's a team that you got to watch because it's not just Kansas city over there on the AFC. You got other teams and Tennessee is one of those teams. And by the way, real quick for Ryan, before you go, there's another game of interest with, uh, with two teams with that are desperate. They're absolutely desperate. And that's the Rams and the bucks. Yes. Oh, I was going to say two different teams. I was going to say green Bay and the lions. Both of them are desperate for a win too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think the Tom Brady situation and JC, you know, Tom, you know, you know, we, you never want to have your personal life, you know, dragged out in the, in public the way it's been for him. But, you know, that team is better than their record. The Rams also are better than their record. Mm-hmm. These two, these two teams just are going to, they need to get on track and it's, it's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen this season. 
Yeah. Ryan, what do you got? You know, honestly, I, I wasn't even really thinking about what it could mean for the division or what it was going to do this or that. I, I think uh, just one of the games that I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen is that Seattle-Arizona game because you got two offenses that are pretty high-powered that can be pretty high-powered and put a lot of points up on the board. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Hey, you know what, guys? I think we uh, we did justice. Again, JC, I can't thank you enough for coming out to Mount Olive yesterday. Um, you, again, you made, you made those kids years, I, I can, mm. you know, I, and I never seen so many kids hopping around on one foot cause they all took one their foot. plates. <laughs> cause they were signing the shoes. They had to yeah. sign the shoe and put the shoe back on to practice. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was funny. Like Mason came over to me. My son Mason came over to me and says, he goes, I don't know what to do for cleats. Cause JC signed my cleats. I don't know what to wear today in practice. So you better get some scotch guard on I, it. I signed a lot of stuff <laughs> yesterday, a lot of jerseys that I was like, I hope this not this kid's game jersey, man. I don't know <laughs> Well, with with that being said, let's do some plugs real quick. JC, let's tell everyone they can find you. And, of course, on Cameo. Yeah, so on Cameo, you can look your boy up. Jonathan Casillas, of course. On Instagram, I am Jade underscore 52. On Twitter, I am Jade Casillas 52. And look, man, I'm looking up at this game right now. And Texas got a running back. 14, he's pretty 14. good. Oh, yeah. He's pretty kid. good, man. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's leading the, all rookies in rushing. Okay, I just looked at his stats. Okay, yeah, he's he's really good. Been watching <laughs> him for the first quarter. He looks or first two quarters. Sorry, he mm -hmm. looks pretty good. So guys, don't know if you're tuning in late. I just know that I'm I've working, been watching the game, you're working, working, baby. You're during, working, baby. <laughs> during the whole thing. So, um, yeah, man, that's it, bro. Oh, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Randy BSP. Uh, you can follow the show. We are on Spotify. We are on YouTube. We are on Apple Podcasts, and we're starting this week on Google Podcasts as well. As well as this, as at the end of uh, next week, we will be available on the iHeartRadio Podcast Network. Nice. So we're making making some moves, making some moves. So we will see everybody here on the Big Blue Report next week, courtesy of BackSportsManage.com. See you guys later.